0: Hey, this is annika just a quick note uh, this episode was recorded back in early january in a really different world than where we're at today and we hope to keep putting out these episodes and hope you enjoy them and please stay safe and sending our love out through the web together and chat about stuff. I'm Annika and I just heard that Betelgeuse, one of the big red stars in Orion, could become, it could like explode and die at any time starting now for the next 100,000 years. But we could wake up tomorrow and it would be like there was It would, you would see it in the daytime. There would be like something as big as and bright as the full moon would be happening day and night. And that is very exciting to me.
1: Wow. Cool. Uh, Hello. My name is Aaron and um, I am really enjoying the fact that the new year is here and that um, the holiday season is over and I'm enjoying that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hello, my name is Claire Alexander and I am working on fixing my mental state when it comes to the fact that I'm already over the rain up here in Portland, Oregon and it's only early part of January, and we got like four more months of rain to go through. So I'm working on a mental readjustment. Oh,
0: shit. Um, So as a little intro to our show, um, there are three parts um, to each show. We start with our circle segment where we talk about a topic um, or tool we've used in our lives And we kick that off with a grounding meditation. And then we have a seeker segment where we respond to a query from one of our listeners. And then we have a gratitude section at the end where we do a meditation and give a shout out to somebody, people's doing amazing things in the world. As a heads up, sometimes our conversations get a little intense. I urge you to check in, notice in yourself. If it's getting to be too much, feel free to turn us off. We will still love you. Wherever you're at, if you can, take a seat, sinking down. If you're standing, you can also sink down um, if you're able to join us. And take a deep breath, just feeling what it's like to focus on your breath, turning attention inward, allowing other things to flow out of your mind, turning your attention to the air flowing in and out of your lungs. Noticing gravity, the power it has over our physical bodies. Allow yourself to relax as you exhale. Letting whatever may have been cluttering your mind flow out for the moment. Give yourself this time. With the muscles of your face relax. Feel the connection between your body and the earth, whether that be your seat or your feet, or if you're laying down, maybe more. And really imagining a connection from your physical body into the earth that deepens as you breathe. Easy flow of breath energy flowing down into the earth tapping in to all the other beings plant animal geological aquatic that we share this space with and appreciate that big worldwide community. Let yourself feel held. Now, as you inhale, begin to draw your energy back in towards your center. Feel how it may, it's a little different now that you sent it out and now you're drawing it back in. Feel again the relaxation in your face, and the eyes. And then give your toes a little bit of a wiggle. Fingers, a little stretch. Eyes float open. Little spine movement, if that feels good. Coming back into this space together. Of where the three of us are at coming into this conversation today. So one of you want
2: to kick it off with a word? I would say that my word today is mindful, but like with a dash and f u L L. Mindful. Ah. Yes.
1: Hmm. My word for today is visioning, as in contemplating my near and far future.
0: And my word today is
2: hopeful question mark. I hear that. I hear that question mark. Yeah.
0: Um, All right, so today we're talking about voice, and this comes up in a lot of different spiritual practices, artistic outlets, our work life, our personal life, our relating. Uh, So it's a really big topic, and we are going to just jump right in. (laughs) To the ocean of the
2: voice. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect metaphor to use the ocean of voice, considering Mm. the throat chakra is usually like blue when it's Mm -hmm. described or embodied into a color. So, Mm. yeah, that big, beautiful blue voice chakra. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, I feel like voice, like I'm – I'm just going to make the assumption that this will definitely be a topic we come back to because there's so many layers to voice and voice is a tool for health, healing, um, wellness, self-care, and so on. All those topics we talk about here on the web. Um, and I think that the first thing I kind of want to talk about is like finding one's, finding one's voice. Um, you know, I feel like there's lots of different systems out there that kind of divide people between introvert and extrovert um, and so on. and I would see I would say at least for the introvert and the extrovert, oftentimes extroverts tend to have an easier time sharing their voice, expressing their feelings and thoughts and so on. and introverts are often um the opposite. Um,
2: I feel like that's only true in the sense of like the introverts who um, may out in the world, not speak up in large settings, but like when you get them alone with their close friends, sometimes you can't get them to shut the hell up.
1: Yes. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Clarification. Claire. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
2: Oh.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I've, uh, I would say a lot of the, musicians that I know are most are introverted and also they're using their voice as like a very, you know, public tool for art, which is always kind of I'm like, Oh, that's interesting.
2: Yeah. I would like to pop back to what you said at first, Aaron, about how like trying to find your voice, mm-hmm. because it made me think of this, journal journey that I went on starting in like 2000 oh god what was it I don't know it was 13 volumes ago I don't know how long ago it was I was 26 so I'm 32 it's five years there we go six there's some math I'm not good at math I'm an English major um doing great thanks Aaron (laughs) I appreciate the encouragement so at 26, I sat down and I re- started a journal, and, it was a, and I titled it a "Journey: A Journal to Knowing Myself." And through time and exp- and living and all that kind of stuff, it has been a way not just to like find my voice and to like set intentions, all the wonderful things that journaling can do. But it really helped me to like find myself because I was just sort of lost and caught up in other people and other people had made me who I was for so long that I didn't really know who I was. It was nice to like write and sort it out. But the journey into voice was something totally different because it's like the tool of using voice. Like it's one thing to write it down on a piece of paper and keep it for yourself and have that daily connection to you. And that's useful. I don't want to like knock it, but it, began with like small ways of how to use the voice. Like I went to a grief readers night where like people who write about grief things can share their work. And I got up on stage and I spoke for like seven to 10 minutes just just speaking about um, the death of my brother. And then the next year I did a performance piece um, like for an audience at a stage, you know, like on a stage. And it was just like slowly, like these things that started to come in. It was a huge leap to like talk in a very small space about grief and my brother to a year later performing a major piece on a stage in front of a bunch of people. Um, and so a lot of stuff, a lot of like little steps to get there. And it's so essential because how we use our voice one, it's just like any other art. It can be used in so many ways. How fantastic. You can sing. You can chant. You can speak. Um, you can cry to harken back to another episode. Um, yeah, I think that, like you say, Erin, there's so much to talk about. But I think how do you get into it? Where do you start? If you want to open up your voice and expand your voice, um to find that freedom because I recognized on my own personal journey, I can only speak for myself. My own personal journey, my voice, my throat, everything was just tight. I got choked up when I needed to speak up for myself. And I got choked up when I felt like no one was listening. And I got choked when X, Y, Z started happening. I noticed when my throat would constrict and my and I'd shut down and I wouldn't speak up for others or for myself or for what's right in myriad different forms. So it's like, oh man, you're so right. There's so many different things you can talk about when it comes to voice. And I just hit on a
1: bunch of them. Yeah. No, thanks so much for sharing, Claire. I I mean, I also feel like for me, it's often, there's it's contextual. So like you're saying, like there's times when I feel very shut down Given my emotional weather or the company I'm with, like I definitely have um, people in my life who um, I feel like inspire um, honesty and open communication and, and validate that kind of, you know, regardless of whether the immediate effect of what a, an expressed truth might do you know like having difficult conversations um and then other people in situations where i feel totally shut down and don't feel safe um and i think um as i've gotten older um it's become more and more important if not like you know, it's almost just a standard for myself. Like, I don't want to be surrounding myself in my free time with people I don't feel like sharing my truth with wholly. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, like, like the two of you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And thank you for being the kind of people that um, encourage that. Um, and I also, I try to, I try to play that forward and and be, be that kind of person, especially for my dear ones, but also just for strangers. Like um, there's just something I, I feel like it the, the healing and transformative power of honesty um is huge. And um there's lots of cultural pressure to obfuscate, especially if you're talking about certain things or to not talk about things. And um, personally, I, I always love um, people that really go for the radical honesty perspective. And for those who don't know, radical honesty is when I say that, um, I'm more experientially learned on this concept than book learned, but I know there's, there's lots of there's literature and so on out there, but um, I've had a lot of near and dear ones who, you know, they'll start talking about the taboo topics or they'll ask you the questions that you're not supposed to ask people. And to me, I, I guess for some radical honesty can, could equate an overshare or the potential to overshare but for me, radical honesty just kind of blows all the BS away and, and leaves, doesn't leave room for assumptions and creates space for really open and honest communication, um, which I feel like makes the kind of work that we're trying to do so much easier, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: healing work, the interconnectivity um, Building community, um, healing oneself, and so on. Yeah,
0: yeah. Thank you. That very well put.
1: Oh, thanks. Um,
0: yeah, like I really. Oh, I. I am. I am very inspired by your. You know spending time with people that you can communicate yeah have that radical honesty with i am i mean i've been just so closed down in my voice um for so long it's like an exercise i'm in a very much in a process of opening it up over the last few years and it's still really hard for me and i it's very um like yeah, if somebody's not tending towards that radical honesty with me, it's hard for me to push that with another person. When I feel it's like a mutual thing, then it's like open and flows. But when I kind of feel like somebody on the other side isn't like super comfortable or they're... Yeah, there's a lot of times when I'm in a one-on-one situation or in a group. But a lot of times one-on-one, I'm like, I just, there's like things right on my throat they're not even they're not to my tongue yet they're like stuck in my throat and I want to say them and I'm I'm like and I just I can't bring myself to do it because I'm scared and yeah and I really would like to have that feeling less and I'm like okay is it an exercise of like maybe not spending time with people that made me feel like that? Or is it just me just saying fucking saying shit, which I think it's probably a lot me. I'm going to take responsibility for that one. And then if I, you know, cause we're saying like somebody reacts badly and then I can like be like, all right, that was, there was a reason I wasn't saying all that shit. And now I've said it and now I see why I didn't say it before. And now we're, we can move on and go our separate ways. Um, but yeah, especially like around emotions, around intimate relationships I get you know I just have a lot of yeah just a lot of trauma around those areas and no good healthy examples of communication really to draw from and I was just thinking I didn't grow up with the tv so I think even like just seeing like examples of people having those cheesy ass conversations on tv like never saw those so like Yeah, sometimes I'm just like I don't know, like what to say. But I'm, I'm part of it is a physical, actually, like physically releasing the area around my my vocal cords has been a start. And now that that's happened a little bit more, I feel like it is able. I'm able to say more and more all the time.
2: Absolutely, very physical Um, connections. Like when having my uh, spine surgery last year, or sorry, 2018. Um, I think I said on my Instagram post, like that's one way to open up your throat chakra is to have the back part of it cut into and part of your spine removed. Um, Oof. <laughs> it's fine, it's just a disc. So, I,
1: so a glad disc. you're okay. And you yeah. too.
2: Thank you. Um also I wanna mention the fact that like this topic is a topic that we've talked about before privately when doing our first rehearsal for this and the fact that we talked about how even doing this podcast is an exercise in voice and how when we started this last year, it was for all of us, a big step forward into the unknown when it comes to using this beautiful instrument inside of our decks.
1: Totally. Totally. Um, so I'm thinking if, um, so if we were going to, if we had a, a, someone, a listener who's like, oh, voice, this is something I want to cultivate on um, for myself, what would be, I know we're tight for time for this section, what would be maybe your top two self or even group practices that help you cultivate voice right now? Or maybe even ones you haven't done yet that you're curious about?
0: Mm, I have three that popped into my head. Well, the first one I I already (laughs) mentioned is self-massage of the front of the neck. And I do that to myself because it's a little invasive to have somebody like massaging your throat. Um, I've done that for a while and finally it released. Then the um, one that I've been doing just like started up this week, actually, I think inspired by Claire probably. I've been saying out loud things that I want to bring into my life. And I have maybe done that kind of a practice before, but would just like say it in my head, for example. But now I like say it out loud with my voice. And I feel like there's a different energy that's I, that brings um, and so that's an interesting one. Cause I think a lot of times I have a hard time expressing what I want or need out loud and just doing it to myself. Like this is what I want to bring in is good exercise. Um, and then the third one is chanting. I feel like anytime I'm like, yeah, like extra dissociative or just have like extra shit in my head or yeah, it's like just chanting, even if it's, one syllable one note or something else there's just something resonating it helps my mind calm down in this way that um nothing else really does and also really helps open up the voice chakra and just get that energy moving
1: yeah awesome thank you so much for sharing Mm
2: -hmm. yes annika those are super great wonderful things to do because I also thought of a couple and you mentioned one chanting. Um, so I'll think of two different ones. Um, and one thing that I really love to do is to get in my car. So it, in a nice secluded space and go for a long drive and sing all my favorite songs. Like just jam out super hard, like not care, like sing off key, like my voice cracks. If I don't warm it up, I just go for a drive. Yeah, just to, like, feel that freedom, the freedom of the voice of the movement. Because I remember the number one thing from magic school slash mystery school that, and I will tell the story very quickly, is that there was something really powerful at the end of the day having sung for, like, eight straight hours. And just like Arnica says, like, just, like, ohms and ahs and oohs and just, and not doing it to sing something, just letting it naturally, ecstatically come out of you, um, There, there's something about it. There's something like really beautiful and freeing about it. And I would also say um, for a voice opening, just like Anika talks about massaging of the neck – I would go further up and like, make sure you're like massaging your jaw and go further down, like really get your rib cage. Mm-hmm. Like your voice is so much more than just your vocal cords in your neck. Cause you know, when you sing, you sing from your diaphragm. So it goes all the way down. So like, be sure to tend to um, your chest and your ribs and your jaw and the hinge of your jaw. Um, tongue practices are really good to like, so we hold our tongues really tense in our mouth, up to the top of our mouth and into the top of our teeth. And it should be, like, down, like, low, not pressed firmly into the roof of our mouth. Yeah. So, those are little voice tips I would give.
1: Ooh. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> um, and just to throw mine in, so I asked mm-hmm. the question. Yeah, um, I, would, I love your answers. I kind of second all of these and I like the massage part. I, I do some job, but I haven't done much. But uh, chanting has been a huge part of my practice since I was an adolescent. Um, and that just keeps growing and transforming. As, does, uh, as is uh, singing, especially when I'm stuck in traffic down here in Los Angeles. Mm. Um, I have a little personal dance party. Um, I've been, in terms of like stating goals and intent aloud, one of the things I've been working with is um, kind of what I'm calling an incantation or so on. And these are kind of self-esteem, self-encouragement practices where I take time and I'm looking myself in the mirror and I'm stating, you know, sometimes as an opener, I'll start by stating something that I do believe of myself just so that I can get used to that feeling. But then I come up with a series of words or statements um, that are representative of something that I'm trying to manifest in my life or quality I'm trying to create within myself. And I open up by saying I am, and then fill in the blank. Mm. And, like a mantra or like a like a chanting i'll often uh repeat it and um i'll connect this article about mantra uh, that i found um to our website so that listeners can get uh, a hold of it too um but there's there's something there there's even research pointing at that when we say things like this with feeling so it can't just be like oh i'm I'm um, an effective person, right? Like I'm not saying it with feeling like I'm an effective person, right? You've got to, got to, it's that whole fake it till you'll make it mm-hmm. thing.
2: I had a chiropractor said who, just real quick, because it yeah, says, yeah. Um, she said, say it till you mean it.
1: Totally. Like it's not totally. so fake it
2: till you make it, it's say it till you mean it. And so you'd say it over and over. Apologize interrupting. I just
1: no, no. It's it's. I, I feel like thank you, thank you. Exactly, exactly. Um, and that that one's been helpful for me a lot, and it's something that I'm exploring with more. Some of my uh, um, students. We've created mantras um, together, and um, and I've done it with my friends, and they're practicing their mantras. So I'm I'm curious mm. to see what they uh, what they get. Um, from it um, and another thing I try to do especially with dear ones is to create space like conscious space to have um, open conversation so plan it maybe have a little drink or whatever kind of um, sacrament, if you will, that one might find beneficial for that and have the intent be like, let's, let's process something. Or, you know, it doesn't have to be something difficult. It'd be like, say, say things that you love about this person in your life that you maybe don't normally say. Um, I think starting there is a great spot. One, just because, um, I don't think we can encourage especially if it's honest and loving each other too much, right? There's Mm -hmm. nothing bad is going to come of, of loving, encouraging, honesty, appreciative honesty. Um, And then it's also like a way to, to process things and you can set down like ground rules and, and, you know, come up with what you want to do. Like, okay, do we need to, okay, this is getting tough. Let's take a five minute break or let's couch this for next weekend or um, other ground rules like, okay, I'm going to share and I'm not going to use any epithets or anything degrading. I'm going to use I statements and the other party is going to listen for those five minutes and then we're going to switch places and we're not going to respond until both of us have shared and have some time to process what we're talking about so you know mm. I feel like be creative you know create create spaces for open communication with your loved ones that would, you know it's something I've done and it's been very powerful for me and it's something I'm still working on it's not like it's easy I definitely have days where it's it's difficult um, but when I have done it it's been so powerful and so transformative
2: mm. Oh, thank you for sharing, Erin. Thank you. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's a really powerful practice. Yeah, very envious. Um, There's like two people in my life I can do that kind of practice with, and they're my parents. And only because I trained them in how to do it. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. um, cheers to us all continuing to cultivate that kind of space in our life.
0: Exactly. So much space to grow. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we are uh, wrapping up this segment. I just wanted to throw out, we will have to cover this again. And I want to talk about um, like group singing and chanting, because that's a whole topic in of itself, what it does to the brain. Um, so anyway, uh, with that...
1: Awesome. Um, so hello again, my name is Aaron and today I will be leading the seeker segment and the seeker segment is a portion in the web where we respond to a um, a letter or it could be a voicemail or a voice memo. Um, they can be communicated many ways um, from one of our amazing listeners out there who are seeking to um, hear any input that we have, advice, uh, experience and so on. Um, And today our letter comes from um, a dear listener in Chicago, Illinois, um, and they write, Dear Webb, it's been really helpful for me to hear y'all process together on air. Thank you, thank you. Um, I'm writing in regards to restorative justice. I believe strongly in prison reform and ending mass incarceration. Intellectually, I support mediation and approaches to conflict that involve conversations with all sides. Then it became personal. I was sexually assaulted in a violent way by someone in my close friend group a couple of years ago. It led to the dissolution of many friendships It was suggested repeatedly that I pursue restorative justice. The perpetrator had sexually harmed others, so I would not be alone on the, quote, victim side of this process. However, when I talked to a restorative justice facilitator about what was involved, coming together in one place and sharing my experience or writing a statement and having it read for me, and including this person and others, impacted in the room, and it felt so overwhelming. I don't see how that would help me heal or restore relationships that were lost. Like it's more stress than it's worth. Do you have thoughts on this process? How it may help or not? I feel a bit hypocritical not pursuing it, and also fuck it. I don't want to put myself through something damaging just because of philosophy. And that comes from, will what hurts me really make me stronger in Chicago, Illinois? First off, um, will it make me stronger? I uh, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And I deeply empathize with what you've gone through. And I'm, I'm sorry that you've experienced this. Um, the first thing I want to say is I you know I appreciate your fucking statement at the end um, because to me that points at a drive for self-care and that's imperative you know for everyone but especially when you've gone through an assault situation like the one you have Um. I, uh will either of you have something you 'd like to share um, before I say anything else
2: i I want to say that I took part in a restorative justice uh, meeting last end of last year, and i didn 't know until two days before I was supposed to be there that the people who abused me would be in the room. <sighs> Yeah. I didn't really understand. I did not do the research as our listener has about what it would be like to go through that process. i had already committed to the process. Parts of my system had committed to the process um, because the abuse triggered an episode when it happened. Um, so like there were, there were things I needed to do and we had all agreed that we would go do this. Um, it only made me more infuriated about the pain that was caused and the harm that was caused to others. And that was just the people who showed up, let alone people who didn't show up or weren't allowed to show up because for some reason it was a graduates only, um, which got called out at the meeting. It was, um, it was infuriating and it was, Enraging, And I said what I had to say. And when it was all said and done and I left the room, I was really glad I did it because even if, um, even if they never apologized to me or come to me and be like, I'm so sorry that I did all these things and I'm going to commit to doing better. Like I don't really doesn't, didn't really make it any different for me. I just know that they needed to see my rage to make sure that doesn't happen to anyone else. Like I went there to protect future people. Like I didn't go there for me. So I went in with a, I mean, in some ways I did, I wanted to show up. Um, but I also wanted to make sure that the reason why I shared my story was that no one else would go through the same thing. Um, it's a different situation. This was a school setting. This is about abuses of power. When it comes to personal violation and violent attack, um, such as rape, that is, that is something that you can only sort out for yourself. Because the question you ask, is it restorative or just? I don't think so. I don't think there's anything just in it. I don't think it is restorative in short term, maybe in that phrase that I fucking hate the arc of the universe bends towards justice like that. I fucking hate that (laughs) statement because it's like, yeah, right now, right away, you're not going to get relief. You're not. And maybe 20 years from now, if you did it, you might feel relief. You might still regret having done it. Um, because only you can say what you need and what experiences you need for your own healing. I went to my restorative justice meeting because I made a commitment and that was part of my healing. And I had to make that call. No one else could make it for me. And another powerful example of using my voice of being enraged and upset and having to sit in a room with three slash four people who abused me in a very spiritual religious, you know, community setting like fucked up and it was hard and I wasn't alone there were like 12 other people there and that was helpful and also really upsetting because I listened to their stories and I just got more and more mad about what happened and the bubble the container that was built and the shit that happened inside that container so it's one of those things where it's like information is both a blessing and a curse.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Claire, for sharing. That's welcome. Yeah. It's really interesting and yeah. useful to me for, to hear like personal experience of going through that process. Um, I, I definitely want to, yeah, reiterate what, what you said and what you said, Aaron, like, yeah it's it's horrible that you had to go through this thing and you went through it it's yeah there's not, no philosophy or rationale of what you need to do now besides heal and so whatever that is on your own terms you know there if there's if there's something like Claire was saying about the, you know, speaking out to, you know, you know, potentially hopefully end this person's cycles of abuse or to protect other people, you know, that's, yeah, weighing that against the, the stress and trauma of being in that room and, yeah, talking about your experiences or even writing it out—you know—to me, it it sounds like it's a balance of challenging options, uh, and I think just feeling into your own intuition about, yeah, what feels feels right for you is is important, and I think it's really important as our like as a society to understand that it is not the role of the victim to make the justice happen. And I think especially with sex crimes in this society, that is unfortunately how the system is rigged and yeah, so restorative true. justice as nice as it sounds. It very much has a burden of responsibility placed on the victims. And so at the end of the day, yeah, I, I, there's, there's definitely no, no should in this situation. It's just a shitty situation and yeah, I wish you the best in your
2: recovery process.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Annika.
2: Thank you so much, Annika. Thank you both.
1: <laughs> I, uh, yeah, the, the, makes me so angry that our system is, is such that it ends up in the hands of, of victims to do that work to you know, which, you know, so since we're on the web podcast and we like to focus on what we can do for positive change as opposed to the negative stuff, I would say, you know, in the ways that we can, it's so important to be allies, to... You know, speak up if you see something, someone, something happening. Like, don't be a silent bystander. Uh, hold space for, for your loved ones to talk about difficult things. Um, you know, there's just <sighs> abuse and violence and... Especially you know speaking as as um, someone who, for the most part, is comfortable with being cisgendered, even though it's more complicated than that i i uh so much violence and abuse is is normalized in the way that men talk, and it's it's up to us who identifies men to not play along anymore and to speak up and be like, "No, I don't think that's right, and um I don't you know. I'm not supporting this conversation. Like, don't assume that, uh, you know, using epithets or, or putting people down or cat calling or whatever is, is cool, you know? And, like, I feel like so often silence in general is, is, is you're complicit because you're not calling people out. I mean, I get that sometimes people aren't safe, and that's that's a different situation, right? Um, but again, since we're talking about voice here, like it is important, it's imperative that we speak up, you know, because um, I think there's a lot of people that would be allies, but they. I, yeah, I don't know they they're shut down be, because the status quo says that's how it should be, and um yeah,
2: yeah there are yeah. not a lot of people out there leading by example. no they're wanting someone to follow, so it's mm-hmm. like it's important for us to all be people who lead by example and quit yeah. waiting around for somebody to follow because like, you're right. Aaron, it's really important for us to come down on the people who are behaving in th- these really inappropriate ways and doing things so that just be, instead of just being silent with this, like, locker room talk and just making excuses for male toxicity and male violence. Mm. It's so frustrating. Yeah. Stamp it out. Stamp yeah. out that shitty-ass behavior. <laughs> yeah. 2020.
1: Let's
0: stamp that fucking shit out. I mean, it's hard because it's like, it's, and I think, you know, and it can be frightening, you know, it can be triggering to hear those things. And so sometimes in the moment when somebody's saying something shitty or something, I mean, even in a time when somebody has done something shitty, you know, there's, it's, it's complicated in sometimes in the moment, but then there's always afterwards as well, as like okay, I think the moment has passed, it's you, you know saying something, um and also supporting like speaking up against against that cycle of um toxic, violent masculinity and standing up for people who have been victimized is really important.
2: Yeah, if you have the space to do so. I mean, to our our seeker, like we have, all three of us mentioned, like if you have the capacity to go to a restorative justice and be part of that, do be a part of it. But if you don't have space for it and you're healing, like you need to take space for yourself. Like don't push along progress for the sake of progress. You gotta push along. Because the restorative justice is like, what? Pretty recent? Maybe the last two decades it's really started to like crop up and come around like this communication has not been figured out because we're finally trying to tackle for the first time abusive behavior and so of course it's falling on the victims because we don't this is a brand new system this is a brand new way of communicating so it's like beta testing Mm -hmm. via restorative justice so no it's not perfect and um only be part of it if you feel like you have the space to be a part of it. Other than that, take care of yourself.
1: Yeah. And, and given like what you were saying, Claire, like I'm just, if you're contemplating going to someone to facilitate such an experience, um, I, you know, be sure to, to interview the the person and get a sense of what, the process looks like so that you don't have a situation like Claire did where you're caught unawares by something where it's, it's there's very little likelihood that it's not going to be a triggering experience in and of itself. So I feel like the more we're armed with that kind of information, the better. And, you know, if you're a facilitator out there, do your homework and think of, you know, don't, Yeah, I'm sorry that you went through that, Claire. I just, it just makes me so upset.
2: It's everywhere. It's yeah. that's everywhere. And it is just essential to use the voice and speak your truth. Yeah. Because that's the only thing you can really hold on to is your truth and like yes. your experience and what you went through and your story. And you get to have the power to change your story. And you have the power to tell your, to tell your story when you want to. Yes. um, and yeah, like it just sucks. Thank you for saying that, Aaron. It's very kind. Um it was a very frustrating process, but yeah. I am hopeful for more iterations and evolutions of this, so that, like, there'll be less on the people who were abused and more on those who were abusing too. X, Y, Z. I don't have the answer either. Yeah. I don't know what it needs.
1: It's, but like you're saying, I feel like it is such, I'm not trying to poo poo restorative justice as a movement, but it does feel like such an important conversation to be having as a whole. And my, I've had a lot of experience doing human relations um, work talking about various isms and racism, sexism, classism, and so on, where you have people on either side of, an issue having a well-facilitated open conversation about those topics. And it is such a transformative thing. Um, And I also know for me, you know, just talking from my own personal experiences, times when I've felt uh, or when I've been victimized and so on, um, you know, there can be a lot of shame and where I would want to shut down and not share it either shame about having gone through something or shame like, Oh, I don't want to subject someone else to this feeling by talking about it aloud and so on. And in my personal experience, when I do talk, even if it's not in terms of confronting someone, but like a dear friend um, or a loved one and being like, Hey, you know, I went through such and such and I, I, Like, can we, can I talk to you about this? I, I felt better. I felt it was like, I didn't have to carry it all on my back on my own. And, um, there's always so much more perspective for me when something's not just bouncing around in my head. Um, but I get to verbalize it, you know, coming back to the voice. So, um, Yeah.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think like I talk about this more. I feel very fired up. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, Annika, is there anything else you wanted to add?
0: Uh, well, I was just th- thinking about how how important the for me the practices the voice practices what we were talking about earlier are when yeah when dealing with these different. Situations that we've been covering here. Um, so, yeah, doing the voice, the work to strengthen the voice is really helpful for, to be prepared when it's needed. When that speaking up time comes around, you don't have time to do all the practicing.
2: Oh yeah, it's like doing all your marathon runs before the big day. Mm-hmm. Got to get prepped for it. Train. Train,
1: yeah, big time. Mm. All right. Well, um, Claire, was there anything else you wanted to add? No.
2: Not before I launch into a massive rant about <laughs> the fucked up system that is the lack, uh, you know, lack of justice. And I feel for our seeker a lot. That's that's tough. I wouldn't get into a room with the people who sexually assaulted me at all. Right. So. Right, I um,
1: yeah. I just i i i want to say to uh, Will, what hurts me really make me stronger. You know, thank you for reaching out. I definitely encourage you to seek support um, in a way that feels appropriate to you. You know, um, and uh, I hope some of what we share today is useful to you. And i i, I really wish you the best. And, um, yeah, feel free to reach out to us. Um, So, yeah, Annika, Claire, thank you both for sharing. And I'm going to pass it on to the next section.
2: Thanks for that, Erin. Now we move into our gratitude section. Tonight, I want to focus on community action and community caretaking. It started with my desire to highlight a group here in Portland called um, Safe Queer PDX. They are an Instagram handle. And they came about... A couple years ago, when the Proud Boys started coming to the city and attacking LGBTQIA plus people, and the cops refused to do anything about it, um, so our community banded together here and created an Instagram handle where they um, keep people apprised uh, whenever attacks happen in the city, when it's specifically like a Proud Boy weekend, um which happened in the summer, super fun, and generally keep the LGBTQIA community informed and as safe as possible. Um, especially since my community is such a hard target here um, when the proud boys come into in town. And... In doing so, talking about them, I was also reading about articles about the guardian angels who in the Brooklyn borough in New York are policing the Hasidic neighborhoods. They are a, um, I think it's a civilian, private, unarmed group of people who just uh, walk the neighborhood and make sure everyone is safe. And It sucks that these things have to exist because I wish that violence against people just didn't happen in general. But that aside, I'm glad these creations do exist since nothing seems to be stopping attacks on minorities and those who are different than the fascist narrative uh, seeks to promote. And I want to start our gratitude meditation Thinking about those two groups and then also perhaps there is someone that you know in your neighborhood, in your community, in your personal life who is doing work similar to these people. And while you find a nice place to sit or stand and get comfortable, just start envisioning you can envision the handle, you know, Queer Safe PDX, or you can envision the Guardian Angels, or whoever you may know. Feel them in your mind and see them. And just start to settle a little bit. We've been talking about some pretty heavy things here today. So I'd like you to take a breath. Nice, deep, slow, and full. Fill up every space in your lungs as much as you can without hurting yourself. And then slowly let it go, releasing any tension you may be holding, anxiety or frustration that might have come up while listening to us so far. Take another deep breath. Again, slow, inhaling the feeling of gratitude and safety and protection. And on the exhale, nice slow release. Once again, anything that might be lingering, anxiety or anger. Just let it all go. Here in this quiet, still place, we're going to think and feel about our friends and our loved ones, our communities, those that are hurting right now, those who need help. And you can perhaps in your mind's eye see all those people you love and care about and want protected encased in a nice soft bubble. In this bubble, they are held, protected, sheltered from anything that might bring them harm. And this bubble is made up of people, of the people who run the Queer Safe PDX handle, of the people who walk the Brooklyn Borough in New York, Of many people going unseen and unnoticed right now. All the way back in time to the Black Panther movement. The first movement really coming together to protect their community and keep them safe. From institutions who could not and would not protect them. hold in your mind's eye the vision of this bubble. Perhaps give it a texture or a flavor, a color or a sound. This bubble, full of light and love and compassion. On your next inhale, I want you to once again breathe in gratitude. And on our exhale, imagine blowing up that bubble even bigger. Take two more breaths this way. Inhale gratitude and love, and on the exhale, make that bubble grow. One more inhale. And on the exhale, make that bubble as big as you possibly can. Fill it with as much love and care and protection and support as you possibly can. Slowly release that bubble from you in your mind's eye. Watch it float away out into the world, into the universe. The universe is a mirror and it will reflect back to you what you put out into it. And tonight we put out gratitude to the people and communities who seek to protect and help each other. We send gratitude and love to those people who need help and protection inside their communities and love and support. Our intention is to keep them safe. And our intention is to give gratitude to those who help keep them safe. One more big inhale. Nice, clear, sharp inhale, and a nice, sharp exhale to release everything that we just did. (sighs) Wherever you are, slowly come back into your body. Shake your hips a little. Tilt your ribcage back and forth. Stretch your arms, stretch your legs, spread your toes, Mm, make a noise. It's voice time. Make some noise. Uh, uh, Yes. Free it up. Welcome back.
1: Thank you. You're welcome. Thank
2: you. You're welcome. Thank you guys for coming along. With me on that journey because these are some things that really matter to me. Because I feel that the only way we're going to survive is by community help and us all being there for each other. Yeah. So I really want to shout out the people who are doing that now, and I really wanted to shout out the people who have done it in the past. And mm-hmm. let's just keep that. Let's keep it going. Let's keep doing stuff like that. Let's help each other and quit hurting yeah. each other. Yeah,
0: being good neighbors, whether it's in your own neighborhood or around your city. It's like, yeah, watching out for other people. If you have the capacity of, like, actually going out and patrolling, what have you, that's awesome. Um, yeah, it's such – it's a, unfortunately very needed in
2: these times. And, Yeah. yeah yeah it's tough right now and we got a lot of work to do and a lot of things that need to get done and it feels like the only way we're going to do that is if we all help each other
0: yeah I mean I think there's a lot of people that do that on an individual basis and I think it's cool how people are using um, social media to organize around that kind of neighborhood protection as well um yeah, that's a a thing in Oakland. There's a very strong history of that um powerful history and it really people standing up for each other and watching out for each other can really change the
2: entire world. Absolutely. When the world is, um, when institutions that are meant to protect us are so corrupt, they can't protect us. It's like, we have to help each other, guys. Like the strikers in France, the electricians who turned on power to the poor people's homes and turned off the power to the police stations and office managers' houses. Like, that's the kind of community gathering we need and the community support. Like, we can all do different things. You don't have to patrol a neighborhood or run an Instagram handle. There's so many things that you can do in the community to help take care of your community. Like it's not just a matter of like patrolling streets. You can check on your neighbors or bring someone a meal or do some yard work or I know it seems so wild, a concept to like check on your neighbors after we, um, you know, were raised on movies where serial killers just walked in the front door because you didn't lock your door. Um, so now we're all just like hidden in our homes. It happens. Um, but now it's time to return to stop being so afraid of our, our neighbors and stop being so afraid. We all need trauma informed care. We all need grief informed care. We all need a lot of work and a lot of assistance to be able to be the good neighbors that we need to be for each other, which we can all do. I'm talking to two people who know how to do that.
0: (laughs) Well, there's a big, I mean, there's a lot to be said for, you know, why we've kind of, why we're at a place where we're, yeah, we have gotten so traumatized is because in some ways we don't, we don't connect in the same way as we used to. And when you are connecting with other people, that's a way of our, you know, our nervous systems reset itself with that kind of, you know, touch or, you know, me, whatever, like there's, we're designed for a different kind of Day to day reality than that we then we find ourselves in now, and I think part of bringing back um, some health into our system is just being neighborly, listening, and being there for people.
2: Uh, Aaron, you've been a little quiet. Do you have anything that you'd like to share?
1: Sorry, just yeah, very contemplative after today's episode. Yeah, I I really feel like what you're saying in terms of checking in on neighbors and so on is a powerful thing, especially right now as, you know, especially in America, but really globally, there's a lot of forces that are serving to divide people and um, turn us against each other. So um, the more we can hold space for each other in loving ways, even if we disagree on things, um, the better, and I feel like it 's really the only way we 're going to um, improve our lot you know and 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 i don 't just mean like socio politically but i environmentally and so on, like we can 't solve our problems if um we 're not communicating with each other, you know so so yeah, for those who are using social media and so on, think of ways you can use it to push uh, more of a, a loving agenda, a communicative agenda. Um, um, get to know your communities that, that you live in. Um, yeah, that, that's all. Yeah, that's all.
2: Well, thank you. And Aaron, and thank you, Annika, Thank you. Yeah, thank you both. Thank you, Claire, for
0: bringing attention to these really amazing groups.
2: Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for giving them some love and gratitude and some support. I don't know how to financially support them, as this is like a human brigade. So this week, instead of us being like, give them money, it's you find your own thing to do in your community. However that may be, whatever that may look like. Um, so thank you guys so much. This has been a lovely time with you both and our very powerful conversation around voice, I'm sure will resonate with me for the next few days. And yes, so thank you for that so mm-hmm. much.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you.
2: Mm-hmm. All right.
0: Until next time. Next time.
1: Bye.
0: Right, quick outros, where to find us, what we do. Um, Okay, you can reach us all at thewebpodcast at gmail.com and our website is thewebpodcast.com. I am Annika, I'm in Oakland. I do somatic release technique sessions um, that involve physical movement, releasing stress and trauma from the body, as well as other practices that integrate with that work. Yeah, you can find me at goldnettle.com or email me at the web podcast.
2: I am Claire Alexander, once again up in Portland, Oregon. You can find me at the email that Annika mentioned. I'm also on Instagram as the Web pdx. my magical handle. I haven't updated it in a while, but it exists. If you want to DM me for whatever reason, I am available to help you with your meditation practices. If you would like any help meditating, or if you want to deepen your meditation practice, I have a really cool meditation tool I've been working on. And we'll be workshopping this year in 2020. It's going to happen. Going to be promoting that later on. And I'm looking forward to teaching that tool online via Skype or Zoom if you do not happen to live in the Portland metro area.
1: And um, my name is Aaron Martin. You can reach me um, through uh, my personal email at Aaron, A A R O N, at Unify Yogic Arts. And my website is UnifyYogicArts.com. Um, I'm located in Los Angeles. I'm a health consultant and I do education and sessions both in person and online um, in kind of broad spectrum, uh, health and wellness, uh, fitness, flexibility, strength, self-defense, mindfulness. Um, I like to create a prescriptive program for my clients and I really love working with people Um, From any walk of life so if that's something that you're interested in and um, you'd like to learn more about what I do feel free to reach out um, or check out my website one thing I'll be doing um, in light of the new year is a body mind um, boot camp where we create a self-care plan looking not just at our our bodies but our minds as well and come up with uh, ways to make it more um, realistic, easier to stick to and so on. Um, So if that's something that you are interested in, um, please reach out. And if you are uh, living in another city, we can always work online, like I said. So yeah, thank you.
0: Mm -hmm. And secret segments can be sent to the web podcast at Gmail, either voice memos or written out, whatever. We'd love it.
1: Yes. We love to hear do. from you.
0: Please yes, share yes, yes. any thoughts, feelings, concerns, etc. Express yourself with your voice. Express yourself. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. All mm-hmm. right. All right. Until next Bye.
1: time. Bye.